We'll hear argument next to number 99901, Brentwood Academy versus the Tennessee Secondary School at Spectators are admonished, do not talk until you get out of the courtroom. The court remains in session. Mr. Blumstein. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. This case involves the state action status of the regulatory conduct of a high school athletic association, the respondent, the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association, or what we call the TSSAA. Under the analysis of this Court's decision in NCAA versus Tarkanian, State action exists in this case because, first, the regulatory conduct of the TSSAA is attributable to the entity or entities that control the organization. And secondly, government institutions, in this case public schools, control the TSSAA's conduct and are therefore constitutionally accountable for its regulatory conduct. Mr. Blumstein. Uh, the, the Court of Appeals in this case went through three different tests that they thought our cases support a public function, state compulsion, symbiotic, and said this didn't fit into any one of those three. Now, do you disagree with the Court of Appeals on those points, or do you think we should simply expand the state action concept? Mr. Chief Justice, the Court of Appeals did not look at the local-level interactions between the TWSAA and the public schools. It looked exclusively at the state-level relationships. And so we think it overlooked the core ingredients of the Tarkanian analysis. It was the local-level interconnections. There are two levels of state interaction with the TWSAA. At the state level, the State Board of Education for 24 years explicitly designated this organization as its agent to regulate interscholastic athletics for all schools in Tennessee. That was repealed or changed in 1996, and now it recognizes, continues to recognize the role of the TWSAA and specifically authorizes the schools to maintain their membership in the TWSAA. And the Court of Appeals focused exclusively on that state-level uh, relationship. Uh, under the Tarkanian analysis, Your Honor, uh, the local levels, the, the uh, public schools that control this organization that comprise 84 percent of the membership, where there's one school, one vote, 
uh, control the organization, and under the Tartanian analysis, we think Well, would the you state what you think the test is without being so fact-specific? What's the test for state action, in your view? Justice O'Connor, in this case, uh, building on Not in this case, in all cases. What's the test? Well, whether the uh, — in this case, whether the governmental uh, institutions, in this case public schools, control the activity, and so that it is fair to say that this is attributable to the government because the government or its sco public schools, in this case, control the decision-making. This is cases unlike many of this Court's other cases, such as Rendell Baker versus Cohen, Cohen involving a, uh, a school, uh, Blum against Uretsky involving a nursing home, uh, Jackson versus Metropolitan Edison involving a private <laughs> utility. In all those circumstances, Justice O'Connor, the privateness, if you will, the formal privateness of the organization was assumed. And the question was whether government as purchaser or government as regulator transformed that private, conceitedly private in entity into state actor status. In this case, that very threshold question is what is, is what is at stake. There is nothing really private, except formally private, about this organization. It is controlled by public schools. Eighty-four percent of the membership is public schools. It's wait, run by wait, public. Let's say it's controlled by public schools. You say that because a majority of its board are public school principals. Of its members, Justice Scalia. Oh. Well, of, of its, but principally its governing board. It wouldn't matter if its members, if its governing board, I assume, were, were overwhelmingly uh, governmental, you, you'd say it's still a governmental agency. Well, I think that under the control principle... Oh, you're, you're relying on the membership, not... I thought you were relying on the On the, on the composition. We, we think both are important, but it's the, ultimately nice. the control of the organization in a one-school-one-vote one situation is the membership of the organization. So if, uh, if, if this... Um, organization were composed of 49 percent public school, public schools, and 51 percent private schools, it would be okay. Justice Scalia, we think there's an, anal an analogy to the separation of powers cases, the Washington Metropolitan Airports case and Asher against Sinar, but and the question of control. Mm -hmm. There's an effective control question and a formal control question. Yeah. We're not anywhere close to the effective but control in, But in, in the Washington Airport case, it was the government which said the, the, the decision-makers here shall be ex officio members of certain committees. It was the government that said that. Here it is not the government. It is the organization which has a rule that, that you have to be a principal to, 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 be, uh, to, be, uh, uh, to serve on the governing board. And it is the organization, certainly not the government, that says, you know, what schools will be a member, members of the organization. It seems to me that's very different from... Uh, but it is the organization is controlled by governmental institutions. So, well, Mr. Mr. Blumstein, supposing that all the principals, say, in eastern Tennessee or middle Tennessee, some area, got together, private schools, public schools, and said, we want to form a principals association and get together once a month, then we'll have a convention in the summertime. And uh, they don't get paid. They do it on their own time. And they decide they're going to give a principals award to the best student in eastern Tennessee, and they give that award. Now, is that state action? Your Honor, if the organization, if they're serving in their, in their official capacity as principals, if they're representing the schools, and if they are 
allowing private and public schools to participate in some awarding process, whether it be a principal's association or a German club, if the German departments well, of the state decided that my, they... My hypothesis was that the principals did it on, on, on their own time. They're in the organization because they're the principal of a school, but the government isn't paying their way, and they're not exercising any any state power, really, when they do this. They're just conceiving this award on their own. They're giving it away. Your Honor, as one moves towards the a coaches association or principals association, I concede that if that it is conceivable that public officials will have a non-public function or non-governmental function that they can perform, they would not be state actors. I think in this case, the public officials are serving because of their relationship to the school, because they are the principals in the school. And the clearest example of that is in the in the, uh, the uh, constitutional provision of the TWSWA regarding vacancy. If there is a person who is a member of the Board of Control or a member of the Legislative Council and that person's school disaffiliates with the organization, then that person's term of office on the Board of Control or in the Legislative Council terminates. So it is clear that these persons are not there as individuals, but they're as in their represent representative capacity of the, uh, of the schools that they represent. And you, you could have had the same, the same rule in the, in the hypothetical that the Chief Justice posed. Would, would that rule have changed your answer to that question? Well, Your Honor, in this case, it doesn't seem to me to, to, to establish whether the principal is serving as an agent of the government or is serving on his own. It seems to me that's that's the crucial question. Well, I agree, Your Honor, and I think that in this case, as the government argues in its amicus brief, that you have control linked with a functional analysis as to what is the function that is being performed. And here, the the uh, public schools, all of which. Uh, jo have joined this organization so that if you want to play a game against a public school, you must either be a member of this organization or you must get game-by-game -game written approval by the organization. Now, that's a different question. I mean, you, you have a remedy there. I assume that, that there could be a constitutional violation in, 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 a, in a government uh, uh, turning over its, uh, its determination of who will play in intramural sports to an organization that is not providing due process or to an organization that discriminates on the, on the basis of race. But that's not the argument that, that, that you're making here that it's improper for the schools to deal with this organization. You're saying this organization itself is the state. Well, we're saying that it is controlled by governmental institutions. Whether formally we, we're, uh, we want to argue following the court's decision in Lebron that this is an arm of the state, or whether we want to uh, provide a, a bright line rule to, uh, so that we don't have to traverse this difficult area of state action in every case, this case is different from every other case that the court has decided in this regard because the control is by governmental institutions and the organization is exercising a governmental function. Well, no, you, you, you say the control is by governmental institution uh, and the principal of, of the school goes to this, uh, sits on this board or it belongs to you, so by reason of the fact he's a principal. What other control does the school he comes from exercise over him? Over him? Yes, or over his his vote in in in, in the association. Well, the uh, I mean, does the record show? The record only shows that the vote must uh, can only be done by a principal or by a teacher of the school as the representative of the school. 
we don't know exactly how control is exercised within the institution of the government. But this person is acting in his or her official capacity. Why do you say that? Ex officio. Because the schools are the members of the organization. It's not the officials. It's not a coaches association. It's not an association of principals. This is an association of schools, of public schools and private schools, 84 percent public schools. And the, but the, the fact that the principals uh, are joined in the organization by uh, private school principals, too, makes no difference? Well, the control in this case is with the schools that run the organization. And I think... Uh, under the circumstances, the decision is fairly attributable to the state. This is a decision that public schools are making. They control the organization. They drive the agenda, and that they have control over the. Excuse over me. The, you say they, they control the organization. Every issue isn't brought to the, to the whole body. I mean, do, do they assemble all of the all of the principles? I thought this was run by a governing board, and that and your complaint is that the governing board is what elected by all the principles which come from well, Your Honor, mostly public schools? There is both an, an as-applied and a facial challenge. The facial challenge does not focus upon action of the governing board. It focuses upon the recruiting rule, which is adopted by the body. Then there is the implementation, the disciplinary proceeding. Well, excuse me, which is adopted by the body how? How does the body adopt that rule? In a one-school, one-vote. Okay. Uh, on, on a floor vote? Yes. And the, the, uh, the as-applied challenge focuses on the disciplinary proceeding, and that requires a decision at first by the executive director, and then it was appealed through the internal procedure, appeals procedure, ultimately ending up at the Board of Control, which is this uh, body, and they uh, the decision, and ultimately the disciplinary action was taken by the Board of Control, which is composed in the relevant time frame of 100 public school principals serving ex officio again. Do, do, do you have to... Uh if you're a school that plays in this league, do you have to send somebody to this uh, um, organization to vote on such things as this uh, this rule that you're objecting to? Is there a duty to vote? Is, is there a duty to have a, a person uh, there on the floor? I don't believe that there is, Your Honor. So, uh, and, and uh, although being a principal is a condition of being a member, a voting member, uh, can a principal decide, I, I'm not interested in this and I won't do it? Not to participate in Yeah, not in to the participate process. in the organization. Uh, I believe the school can exercise its, its right not to vote in, in, a, in, in the process, but they have ultimate control. And in Bausher against Sinar, we were told that it is the ability to control, not how the control is exercised. That is Blumstein, isn't it a question of not simply control, but control over what? For example, returning to the chief's hypothetical, if this were a group of principals meeting not to make an award to a student for diligence, but were meeting to set the curriculum that would be used in all the schools within the association, if that's what the purpose of the principals meeting and what they decided became the curriculum for the school, 
Yes, Justice Ginsburg, there has to be a mixture of the control and also an analysis of the function, the governmental function that is being performed. And in this case, you're quite correct. If it were a curriculum matter, or in this case, an extracurricular matter that this court in the Santa Fe case talked about being a highly visible, government-sponsored, school-related activity, uh, under those circumstances, the allocation of this resource, the ability to play against the public schools in uh, sports, is the public or governmental function that is being performed in this case. It's part of the overall educational process of the state of Tennessee, and it's part of the fabric of the, of the educational institution. And in the Santa so Fe he, case, he this would say it's just like if they were having uh, a body that would decide what will be taught in the math courses in the school. Well, Your Honor, if, this, if, the, if the lower court is affirmed in this case, then we can expect to have associations of the German department chairs and of the uh, history department chairs uh, and so forth. And if the Court of Appeals is right in this, that all it takes is a formalistic change in a statewide rule, then we can see delegation and privatization, I think, of many other areas of our school activity and, and the non-educational activity. In this case, I, I suppose it follows from your argument that all of the rules and regulations uh, that are promulgated by the association are promulgated by a state entity, correct? From the TWSW? These, these are just like these are all rules and regulations they, they pronounce after, if you prevail, will be state rules. If, if are, those rules are there parochial schools that are uh, members of this association? There are religious schools that are members of this association. And so the result would be that all uh, rules and regulations must be governed by the, by the First Amendment. No, no crucifixes in the locker room. That would, be permiss that, would, that would be a permissible regulation. If the so I'm sorry, if the association promulgated... Uh, under your view, all of the rules and regulations are now the rules of the state actor. And parochial schools are members of, the, of, of, uh, of this body. Yes, Your Honor, the, the uh, parochial schools uh, are members of the, uh, of the body. And if the organization, uh, the TWSAA, uh, had a rule that, that for example, banned prayer at, at games in which the organizations uh, uh, participated, uh, then it would be the, the rules would be subject to uh, constitutional scrutiny. The rules of the association would be subject to constitutional scrutiny. But do you, do you agree that the — Even if two parochial schools were playing each other? Well, under, under the TWSWA bylaws, schools do not have the authority to undo these rules. They are bound uh, to, uh, to abide by the rules, uh, and the rules themselves would, I think, would be subject to uh, scrutiny if, if a, uh, a religious organization is uh, uncomfortable with a constraint upon, upon its religious exercise, uh, then it, it has the ability to, uh, to choose not to play against the public schools. Well, I suppose we can say the same thing about Brentwood Academy. You, you can just withdraw from the association if you don't like Well, that's the respondent's position, Your Honor. But if you want to play against the public schools... I thought you just said that was your position with reference to the parochial schools. Yes, Your Honor, but wouldn't you, I'm staying with the state action status. It would be a state actor, and I'm trying to be consistent with our position that the, the activity of the association as controlled by these governmental institutions would be subject to constitutional scrutiny. 
And You're if, not arguing that the parochial school would be a state actor. No, no, okay. no, no. Just the rules of the and, association are. And, and you're not claiming you don't concede that in Justice Kennedy's hypothetical that the prayer rule would be unconstitutional, do you? A ban on on prayer? No. Yeah. No. And you're saying this is unconstitutional, and as a member of the association, you have a right to object to it because the association has a public character. Yes, the, the, whether it be a ban or, or whatever the rule would be that would be promulgated by this organization would be subject to constitutional scrutiny. Yes, Justice Souter, that is our position. You're, you're not discussing the merits, whether the First Amendment gives Brentwood a right to recruit uh, outside the rules. No, Mr. Chief Justice. We're hoping to survive to live another day to fight that issue in the lower court, and I'd like to reserve some time if I might. Very well. Uh, Ms. Underwood, we'll hear from you. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, when a group of public schools, all state actors, join together in an association to run a program for students, that association is a state actor, too, and its status should not change when it admits a relatively small number of private school members. What if it admitted a huge number of private school members? Well, if the... Uh, if it admitted, if the membership were more private school than public school, it would cease to be a, um, a, a public entity on the theory that we're advancing here. One would have to look at other questions. There, there might be other reasons why its actions should be attributed to the state, or they might not be. Well, let's assume, let's assume that it performs the same function that is being performed here uh, in, in regulating uh, public school contests. Uh, would, would you say that that was a factor that ought to be considered, even though the, the, the membership was predominantly private? It would be a factor that ought to be considered, but it would be a different case and, and a weaker case and perhaps more like sure. uh, 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 NCAA versus... Uh, but that's one of the things you'd look to. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this case is easier because, in fact, um, while Tarkanian held that an association of mostly private colleges from many states did not acquire state actor status from one of its members, the member that the, the public university uh, that was at issue in that case, the court noted that the case would be different if the members were largely public and from the same state. And that's this case. Um, and it would be the case, I take it, of in any state um, athletic association, given the current mix of public and private schools. That's correct. The litigation against uh, involving these associations in many states across the country, where, where, the, where the record shows the numbers, shows similar numbers to this case, that is 80, 80% or 85% public. The world could, of course, change, and then the issues might be different. But that is the case uh, in Tennessee and, uh, as far as the cases show, everywhere else as well. I, I wanted to see the cases you thought most applicable, and in your brief at page 8, you cite the Girard College case, uh, Evans and Newton, and, and LeBron. I think Le LeBron is, is, is not so much in point because there was a lot of top-down governmental delegation there that is, is different than, in this case, precise delegation from the legislative. Uh, Pennsylvania and Evans, much closer. In, in those cases, as I recall... The public trustees were voting in their public capacity. Is, uh, is it 
it's clear that that's happening here as well to you? It is clear that that's happening here. I mean, each of these cases is slightly different, of sure. course. Um, but but uh, um, in this case, it is the schools that are members, not the individual coaches. Uh, they are members in order to provide a program for their students. That's what schools do. That's their general public function, and this is a piece of that function. Um, and uh, uh, they represent their schools. Um, so that it seems to me that there's no other capacity in which they could be acting than in their public capacity as officials of their of the public schools. That is, the, the public school members. The, obviously, the private school members are representing their private schools, but they are a, a very small minority. And on the question whether it's the board or the membership that's important here, it seems to me, I mean, membership isn't entirely the right way to describe it. These are these are voting members. They choose their board, and. They can remove their board members, and so it seems to me that the that the uh, it is the membership. It happens that the, it's not surprising that this membership has chosen governing boards that are um, either exclusively or overwhelmingly composed of public members. But what if, what if the rules were changed so that uh, so that to, uh, to be a delegate uh, you didn't have to be a principal, but you you just a parent? From, from the school in question. So, so there's a representative from each one of the schools. Well, that would be a different sort of association. It would be less no, clear. It would I be less. Would, would, it, would, it, would that still be, uh, it would be state action? It would depend on what that's pa that parent's responsibility was. It would be less clear. I, I understand your hypothetical to say that that parent uh, does not take direction or cannot be directed by the school in the way that right. a school employee does. And so I think it would be less clear. It, to say then that schools control the organization. So this hinges on whether the principals take directions from the school. Is there is there any indication that the principals act in anything other? I don't think it hinges. I don't think it hinges on whether they in fact do. It hinges on the fact that the schools, and indeed in this case, ultimately the state legislature and the state board of education to whom the schools are accountable, have the capacity to give them direction. That they act in their official capacity, and whether they in fact give direction as to any particular decision or not. Uh, is not is not the point. The point is that they have the ability to, to do so. So is that conceded that that the principals could be instructed to vote a certain way in this organization? Well, I don't believe the issue was squarely uh, joined, but they are school officials, and the schools are members. And um, who instructs principals? I thought the principals instruct the other people in the schools. They do, but ultimately a principal of a public school is accountable to a board of education and ultimately to the state board of education or well, to the you, do legislature. Think, do you think the board of education is apt to tell a principal what to do uh, when he goes to these meetings? Uh, I mean, is there any finding in the first place? Well, the, the record establishes that the state board of education so recognized the important role of this association in the provision of educational activities to its students that uh, it has uh, sent members ex officio to the to the uh, to the uh, board meetings, and to, and it has reserved it, over an extensive period of time. It reserved the right to review the rules of the association. So I but think that, that ceased, did it not? Um, the review. Well, the, actually, the district judge found that nothing changed when the regulation changed. 
So I'm not sure that it's fair to say that that ceased. It is true that the State Board of Education revised the regulation that it had that expressly reserved the right to review the rules. It isn't clear that they stopped reviewing the rules at all. In fact, is, is there any question that if the State Board did in fact instruct the principals by passing a general standard that, that would be applicable to these uh, athletic contests that the principals would be bound to follow the State Board's rule. For example, a State Board says uh, no athlete will be allowed to play in intramural games uh, who is found drinking beer within a month of the game. I mean, would a principal be free to disregard that? Um, I don't think he would. But if under the particular structure of education in Tennessee he might be, then it is surely within the power of the Tennessee legislature to arrange things, to, to give the board that power. That is, I don't know whether the board currently has that power, although I would assume so. If it doesn't, Tennessee as a state in some capacity certainly does have the power to instruct, uh, to, to direct the conduct of public education in Tennessee, including the rules that govern uh, interscholastic um, uh, athletics. Um, if this association is not a state actor, then a gap will open up in the constitutional coverage of public school programs because schools may often collaborate in providing programs for their students, not only in athletics, but also, for example, in language and travel and music and art, in devising and administering standardized tests. And that collaboration should not shelter the programs from constitutional um, accountability. I don't think a line can be drawn between German and, uh, and uh, sports. I do think a line can be drawn. But in fact, both the Tennessee Board of Education and boards of education in general have regarded sports as part of the educational program. They wouldn't have to do so, but they have done so here and, and have typically done so. Um, and um, uh, it's not, it was suggested that it would be sufficient to hold each public school uh, accountable, but in fact, the individual public schools have no power one by one to change the rules or the actions of the association. Together, they control it, but alone, no one of them does. So unless the association itself is regarded as a public actor because it is the, an aggregate of public actors, then collective action by the association could escape constitutional review. Perhaps I should have asked the question of Petitioner, but his time was running out as yours is. On page 8 of the blue brief, uh, the, at the, the first full paragraph says that for a school to be a member, its coach must be a full-time employee of the Board of Education. Is does Brentwood's in coach have to be a full-time employee of the Board of Education, as you understand? Well, that's my understanding of the rules, but I'm really not sure of the answer to that, perhaps uh, Brentwood. Because it seems to me that would have a, certainly a bearing on the case. I, I think that's correct. Thank you, Ms. Underwood. Uh, Mr. Colbert, we'll hear from you. Mr. Chief Justice, may it please the court, TSSAA's authority to enforce rules for high school sports competition comes from the private choice of the schools that join TSSAA to abide by those rules and not from any authority given to TSSAA by the state of Tennessee. Uh, and, and whether the court 
examines the case uh, as the Sixth Circuit did using Jackson and, and Blum and, and Rendell Baker and uh, the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee case and Tarkanian and Sullivan, uh, the result is the same. The question is where does the authority for the, the power exercised by the association come from? And in this case, it is quite clear uh, in Brentwood Academy's case and in the case of the um, other member schools, it comes from the decision school by school, which each school is given the choice to make under state law, of joining the association and abiding by those rules. Suppose all of the schools in the association were public schools. Suppose everything is the same except that the organization is only for public schools and only public schools compete in these competitions. Would your answer be the same based on what you just said? I take it it would be. It still wouldn't be a state actor, even if it regulated only public schools. My answer would be the same, Your Honor. It would not be a state actor because it is engaging in a function that is not a function that the state of Tennessee has chosen to regulate by statute or by constitution. The function involved is an extracurricular activity, high school sports competition, like band competition, cheerleading, uh, art competition. Students get some credit for physical education toward that requirement from being on this varsity team? There is, there is a statute, the only statute in Tennessee that addresses interscholastic athletics at all allows a local public school board, if it chooses, to give credit for participation in interscholastic sports or band, either one, to allow that in lieu of physical, the required physical education classes. But Tennessee does not regulate, the state does not regulate, the state says nothing about in legislation how interscholastic sports competition from one school to the next will be conducted. Now, I would agree, Your Honor, that any individual school would be a state actor in the decisions that school makes for its own athletic program. But the school, the principal of School A has no authority from the state of Tennessee to regulate School B's athletic program. But why wouldn't the principal, when he or she goes to the meeting and casts a vote, it seems to me that that principal, when he or she cast the vote must be acting in a state capacity because that's why that principle is there. The principle is, is actually there um, in a capacity, and, and, and I, I need to clarify this because I think there was a misstatement make about, made about how the rules get adopted. The membership at large does not adopt the rules, and this is in the uh, part of the TWSWA Constitution is in the appendix. There's a separate body there's a board of control that enforces the rules. There's a legislative council that enacts the rules. It's also a nine-member representative body. The principals who are there voting, who are on that body, are serving in a representative capacity. They have been elected by the member schools, both public and private, to serve in a representative capacity on that board. Well, the record doesn't tell us, but it's it, it, just incredible to me that the principal would not be accountable to the Board of Education for the principal's actions in voting. Well, the and, and it seems to me some, somewhat unlike the Chief Justice's hypothetical of a principal's association because uh, the principal is there in order to advance the interests of the school as a school. 
the principal is there on the legislative council or on the board of control in order to advance the interests of the the voters who elected him and represent and, and to serve in a representative capacity on the legislative council. So that in may your, be in your view, the principal would be quite. Uh, unconstrained by the Constitution from voting to deny membership to a school because its athletes were black or Catholic or something like that? The principal, as a representative, as a representative of Brentwood Academy and any other school who elected him, would not be accountable constitutionally for that. Now, if the principal of a public school does not allow his school to participate, refuses to schedule a contest against a school, because of, of uh, for, for unconstitutional reasons. Then he, as the principal of his school, makes his school accountable for that. But he is not acting as the principal of his school when he serves on the Board of Control or the Legislative Council. He's eligible to be on the Board or the Council because he is a principal of a member school, just like the headmaster of Brentwood Academy is eligible. Except that's the only reason he's there is because he is the principal. He's, he, well, he is there to further the interests of the, the entire association, uh, which includes the public and private school members as well. He is eligible to be there because he is a principal. Is it theoretically possible that the legislative council could uh, be, com which enacts the rules, could be composed a uh, majority of private school principals? It's entirely possible, Your Honor. It's, 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 it's strictly a function of which principals decide to run for the body and which principals are elected to serve on the body. Uh, and there have been private school principals or headmasters who have served on one body or the other. Uh, so it's in, it, you could have, even though because in the state of Tennessee, as in any other state, at the secondary level there are more public schools than there are private schools, there are going to be more public schools engaged in extracurricular activities than there are private Mr. schools. Mr. Colbert, you told me, and, and I think you were quite candid in this, that it doesn't matter that you would be arguing the very same thing if this were an association of the, where the members were all public schools and it right. excluded private schools. Your right. argument would be identical to what That's it right. That's right. And, and, and I'm simply in answer to Justice Scalia's question, you could have an association that has 86% public school membership, as TWSAA does, and have the entire board of control. But that's really more hypothetical than real, because at least for this board and every other similar state um, association that we've ever heard of, either has all public school on its board or overwhelming majority. That's in, in how these things operate in the real world. That's because there are more of them, and they're more more yes. likely, and, and they're more likely to run. As um, counsel for the government told us, if there were a different mix of school at some future time, but right now, these leagues are overwhelmingly public. But, but, Your Honor, I don't know that a different mix of schools would necessarily make a difference in the no, governing body. No, I think body. you clarified that, that if, if you, you, you're dealing with a universe that's all public schools, your argument is still the same, no state action. Well, if you, and, and in, in the Tarkanian case, for example, you were dealing with a universe of, of as reflected in the, the argument transcript, roughly a thousand schools, uh, 
a roughly even split between public and private schools, but you had a committee on infractions that made the challenge decision there, and four of the five members of the committee on infractions came from public schools. So the makeup of the membership at large does not necessarily dictate the makeup of the governing body in the organization. It is a function of choice. In Just that like case, the court seemed to be uh, impressed by the fact that it wasn't any one state could never have controlled that organization. It couldn't belong to one state because it covered all the states. Well, that's that's right, Your Honor. But there was also there were also some other issues in that case, such as whether UNLV, as a as a single state actor, had delegated its authority to to regulate its athletic program to the NCAA, and whether that delegation was sufficient to make the NCAA a state actor. And the court said no, because there was no statutory or constitutional requirement that that. UNLV engage in interscholastic athletics at all, much less that it defer to the NCAA for the regulation of interscholastic athletics. And you have the same thing in Tennessee. There is no statutory or constitutional requirement that any school, public or private, have an interscholastic athletic program, much less that they defer to the TWSAA to regulate that program. Does the record tell us if there are any private uh, substantially equivalent league, which is any, any league which is made up of all private schools, which is substantially equivalent the, the, in, ten, in the state of Tennessee? The record itself does not. Th there, there is some mention of that in a brief, Your Honor, but the, 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 that there is one uh, in East Tennessee, but that's not in the record itself. Uh, well, I've got you on the, uh, the facts. Is, is it correct uh, where the blue brief says at page 8 that uh, for a school to be a member, its coach must be a full-time employee of the Board of Education? Is there, Brent Woods coach a full-time member of the Board of Education? No, he is not. There, there is a, a full-time employee. There is a there is a rule that as you as you read it, and if you apply it to in the public school context, it would require a a public school coach to be a, an employee of the public school. Just system. in the public school context. Not right, and 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 the the key is so that the coach is not somebody off the street. Who, who has no accountability to the member school. Uh, in Brentwood Academy's case, the coach would have to be an employee of the member school. Uh, <clears throat> so it, 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 but it wouldn't rule out a part-time coach, I take it, so long as the part-time coach was an employee rather than an independent contractor. That's right. It allows part, and, and actually the, rule, the rules now uh, do allow some assistant coaching from individuals who are not full-time employees of the school. Um, every aspect. The maiden coach, even in the private school, would have to be a full-time employee because the rule, the rule is quoted on, on page eight, says, "Have a Tennessee state teacher's license, be a full-time employee." How does it work now for the private schools for the main coach, not the assistant coach? Must the main coach be? A full-time employee of Brentwood, under these rules, the the coach is the the head coach is expected to be a full-time employee of the school. Uh, so that this rule, to the extent that it requires a full-time employee, does apply to private schools as well. It applies to private schools, except that they're not required to be 
the, the term Board of Education connotates a public school board. Yes. And, and that's not, the rule does not apply to private schools in that respect. But it does in other respects, that is, full-time employee. Of the school. Yeah. May I ask whether you think your client was a state actor before 1995, was it, that changed the rules? 1996. 1996. No, no, Your Honor, uh, we do not. TWSAA was formed in 1925 uh, without any involvement of the state. TWSAA operated for 47 years until 1972 without any involvement of the state. In 1972, the State Board of Education on its own, without any legislative action, without any constitutional authority, passed an administrative rule uh, designating it's, — it's, it doesn't the, — the, the language of the rule is important. It doesn't delegate to TWSAA. It designates TWSAA as the Association for Public Schools to join for their — for the regulation of their interscholastic athletic programs. But that designation is — is no more than — than an — uh, an authorization or an acquiescence by the state in the function of the private entity, which this court has held over and over, uh, back starting with with Jackson and, and Blum and Rendell Baker, that state acquiescence, uh, state approval of the private actions uh, of a private entity, uh, is not tantamount to state action and does not convert the private entity's acts into state action, and that's what you have here, and in fact. Uh, it, 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 analytically speaking, the, the argument of the petitioner that somehow the makeup of the Board of Control converts TWSAA's action into state action is really no different than, than the principle that this Court has rejected in Rendell Baker, which is extensive state regulation of a private entity does, entity does not convert the private There's something down. really different about that Rendell Baker and um, in the here, it's, it's a public official being paid by the state, goes to meetings. It's, it's not out of his own pocket, is it? The principal, when he goes to the board, is, it's on state time or municipal time, whoever hires him? The, the, the record reflects that there have been times when meetings were held during the school day, meetings of the Board of Control or the Legislative Council, there are other times when meetings are not. They're held on Saturdays or in the evenings. Is the principal expected out of his private purse to, to fund his participation in this organization? The, yes. I mean, that's, that's left strictly up to uh, the, the, the local people. There is no requirement uh, in the state of Tennessee in the law that a principal be reimbursed for service on you know the board of control. You know what the customer practice is? I, I, I could not tell you what the customer practice is, Your Honor. I think there are different customs and practices from, from one person to the next and one school system to the next. And, and, and I think in some systems there is some reimbursement. I think in others there is none. It, could the State Board of Education, if it, if it so chose, say we're no longer going to rely in any sense upon this organization and, and we ourselves will set the rules for, uh, for uh, intramural contests. Would it have the authority legally to do that? Yes, Your Honor. I believe the State Board of Education would have the authority to do that. The state so, so that what this organization then is doing 
in effect, is filling the, the, the vacuum created by the choice of the State Board of Education not to regulate. That's correct. The State Board of Education, the State of Tennessee, has chosen not to regulate interscholastic athletic competition. And, and let, let, let me clarify that. The State Board of Education has the choice if it wants to regulate interscholastic athletic competition among public schools in Tennessee. It doesn't have the choice to regulate that competition among private schools. It has the choice to regulate it among public schools. It has chosen not to. But, but it could if it were, the, if it were the, the, the regulator in the first instance. Uh, it, it, I presume, would have the authority to say that no public school uh, may, may engage in an interscholastic contest with a private school unless these rules are observed. That would be within its authority, wouldn't it? Yes. But it is, uh, this, the state of Tennessee, and, and that's, that's an important part of 14th Amendment jurisprudence, Your Honor, is, is the, the, the entire premise of the state action doctrine is to, A, ensure that, that private parties are free to conduct themselves as private parties without constitutional restraint, and, B, to ensure that the state does not have to take responsibility for every private activity that it allows to occur simply because it does not exercise its extreme authority to take over certain responsibilities. I suppose in Jackson versus Metropolitan Edison, the Pennsylvania legislature could have legislated and controlled what Metropolitan Edison did. The Pennsylvania legislature could have taken over responsibility for providing electric service to, to residents rather than leaving it up to uh, a, 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 a privately owned utility to provide that service. The state chose not to involve itself in that activity, and the 14th Amendment state action requirement gives the state that right without the state having to take responsibility simply because it could have taken, taken over something. Isn't there a difference in, and maybe there isn't historically uh, in Tennessee, but isn't there a difference in, in, in the fact that uh, intramural athletic contests are sort of accepted as a standard part of the educational scheme, whereas state provision of, of electric power is not. Is, is that a fair distinction? I, I, no, Your Honor, I don't believe that is a fair distinction. It, it, at least in Tennessee, I don't believe it is, because interscholastic athletic competition in Tennessee uh, has been something that's been entirely voluntary for, for the history of that competition, dating back all the way to 1925. There has never been a requirement that any public school have oh, right, but since 1925, I take it, it has been a common practice of, of the schools uh, in Tennessee to engage in interscholastic athletic contests. Well, it, it, it is, but it, but it varies from one school to the next, and, and, and even among public schools, what activities they may engage in. For Nobody in Tennessee would say when they heard that the ex-school was, was engaging in interscholastic athletics, no one in Tennessee would say, what are they doing that for? That's crazy for a school to be doing that. No, that, well, they, they, might, they might when they find out they're engaging in swimming competition, for example. There are schools in Tennessee. You think it's crazy to swim in Tennessee? <laughs> there are schools in Tennessee that, in Tennessee, swimming competition is very unusual. In Tennessee, hockey competition is very unusual, but there are schools that have it. It's not regulated by TWSWA. Yes, suitors from New England, <laughs> different, different worries. It's it's now football. Yeah, what do they got against? It'd be real unusual to say somebody doesn't play football, but uh, but um, in in Tennessee, uh, there are sports like 
swimming, for example, that some schools have chosen to engage in and to compete in and compete for championships in. TSSAA doesn't even regulate. Okay, but the basic, the basic point is schools customarily play each other in Tennessee. That's right. Sure. That's right. But that, we submit, Your Honor, does not establish state action simply because it is an action that's customarily engaged in. Uh, <clears throat> I thought that there was a finding in that the, that the uh, principals who attend these meetings are customarily uh, reimbursed. There, there was, there was not. There's a, there is a statement uh, in the petitioner's brief about that um, that that suggests that the meetings of the board of control occur during the school day and that the uh, uh, principals are reimbursed. But uh, I, there's uh, that does not appear in the record. Do, do you that dispute that? Learn. I mean, as a matter of fact. I, yes, Your Honor. As I said, I think it varies from one place. I, I, I do know that the meetings occur at all different times. They, the, they may occur on a school day. They may occur on a Saturday. Uh, the, the meeting that led to the filing of this lawsuit took place on a Saturday at a privately owned hotel. Um, and whether there is reimbursement for the members of the Board of Control or the Legislative Council varies from one to the next. There is no standard practice in that respect. <clears throat> in this case, um, there are several problems with the rule of law that's proposed uh, by Brentwood Academy. Uh, problems that cause that rule of law to run contrary to the 14th Amendment. Uh, the first problem is that the rule, uh, and, and this is even consistent with the Solicitor General's remark, uh, the rule proposed by Brentwood Academy would mean that if, if schools in, extra, in any extracurricular activity compete with each other uh, in Tennessee, that the regulation of that interscholastic activity is going to amount to state action regardless of how it's conducted. Uh, forensics, uh, band competition, cheerleading competition, any sort of regulation of those activities would all be state action. Um, it would, it would... Uh, On the other hand, if your position is right, then this association where most of the members are public school principals can decide as far as the Fourteenth um, Amendment is concerned, we don't want to have any teams for girls. We're going to limit our varsity teams to boys. The the you, you have to distinguish between what the association can do and what the individual schools can do. An individual public school could not do that. And and if an individual and and that's one of the problems with with the amicus briefs in this case is they suggest that there's no remedy. Uh, for, for any sort of discrimination if you hold that TSSAA is not a state actor, and that's simply not the case, because an individual public school still makes the choice of whether it's going to be a member of the association or not and whether it's going to abide by the rules or not. And if oh, but that association could impose that rule on Brentwood. It could, it could say, Brentwood, if you want to be a member of our association, you can't let women participate in intercollegiate sports or interscholastic sports. And, and Brentwood Academy would be free not to join the association. Right. And, and any public school would be free not to join the association. And if a public school 
joined the association and followed a rule like that, there would be constitutional recourse against that school or against that local school board. Uh, that does not turn the actions of the association itself into state action. Um, Even though the people who have made up that rule are the very same principles of the schools that would be sued individually. That's right. That's right. But you would also — Even though they're appearing in that body as a representative of the school, not as an individual. Well, that's, that's where I disagree, Your Honor. They're not appearing as a representative of that school. They're appearing as an elected representative of all the schools. And in that respect, you would open a Brentwood Academy up, for example, to constitutional challenge if you're going to, if you're going to use the association to, to sweep every member up with it, then you are subjecting the well, private That's schools. not right. I don't think there's any claim that Brentwood is a state actor, is there? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think there is a, a claim that Brentwood is a state actor, but if you allow the Constitution, if, if you allow the 14th Amendment to reach the individual schools, not by not by challenge to the action of an individual school, but by challenge to the action of the association, then you're allowing the 14th Amendment to reach the private school members of the association. No, you're well. just allowing it to say that the rules that, uh, that the association imposes on its members are, are state action. That doesn't mean that the individual school, that if Brentwood complied with those rules, it would not be a state action. But the association has no power to impose those rules except for the extent the that the schools choose to choose to yeah. abide by. Um, the, um, ultimately, uh, this case really goes back to Justice O'Connor's first question uh, when Mr. Blumstein stood up, and that is, what, what should the test be? Uh, and, and I think, as uh, Justice O'Connor mentioned in, in the dissent in the Amtrak case, uh, if you look at Blum, if you look at Rendell Baker, if you look at Jackson, if you look at all the different cases that have phrased the test in all different ways, uh, they really come back to whether the, the challenged action results from a matter of private choice. And that's exactly what you have here. Membership in TWSAA, service on the Board of Control, following the rules or not following the rules is a matter of private choice. Brentwood Academy made the private choice that it wanted to play in the TWSAA and compete for TWSAA championships, and now it doesn't want to follow the rules. And that's what this case is about. Surely it's not a matter of private choice whether a public school chooses to join the association or not. I mean, the decision to join the, uh, the association has to be uh, — that's not you, — you don't acknowledge that that decision is an official public school decision? The, 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 the school itself, in the case of a public school, uh, makes, a, makes its own decision to, to — makes a, 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 a public decision, decision to join. To it's join. That's right. It is also free, however. There is no state compulsion. The school, even a public school, is free not to join, if there are no further questions. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Colbert. Mr. Blumstein, you have two minutes remaining. <clears throat> Chief Justice, may it please the Court. The uh, TWSAA has been uh, very candid in, uh, in the breadth, stating the breadth of its position, but I'd like to point out on page 32 of its brief, uh, their position seems to be that even a coach who is a public school teacher and a public school uh, official uh, is not a state actor. 
So their position is that extracurricular activities are so outside of the scope of public accountability that even if there is a decision by a coach about uh, a decision affecting athletic contests, that that does not fall within state action. The other, another point on the, on the question of control in the joint appendix at page, uh, page 89 and page 92, uh, it makes it pretty clear that the principals are representatives of the school in, deter- in voting on the Legislative Council and on the Board of Control. And Joint Appendix uh, 89 and 92 uh, sets that out. And finally, I would like to just uh, indicate uh, we haven't talked about the existing state of the law, but uh, this circuit, the Sixth Circuit decision, is the only decision that finds a comparable institution not to be a state actor. Uh, this case is an outlier in that sense. The law has been settled for over 30 years. Some of the concerns that the respondent has, uh, I think, have not been manifested. The way that the courts have dealt with the issue of uh, reviewing decisions of these associations is through a proper level of deference uh, on the matter of uh, substantive law. And so if the court affirms below, it will be unsettling what has been settled law in every jurisdiction that has heard this case for 30 years. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Mr. Blumstein. The case is submitted. The Honorable Court is now adjourned until Monday next at 10 o'clock.